Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. Amen. Good morning. Good morning, Hope Elam. Happy New Year. Hey, we don't get to say that uh, very often. Where else would you rather be on New Year's Day than right here with your church family? Amen. What a great, what a great morning it's been uh, together. So happy New Year. want to extend a welcome to those of you uh, that maybe this is your first time or you're new, you're checking things out, you're in town with friends or family. We love new people here at Hope Elam. My name's John. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm honored to, to dig into God's word with you today. That short little video that you just saw was just a few of the highlights from our run of Christmas services last week, going all the way back to Wednesday. Uh, this is two weeks ago now, believe it or not, going all the way back to Wednesday, all the way through Sunday in our Christmas Day services. I'm excited to share with you that we did uh, God enabled us to do uh, six services in five days. Over 1,300 people heard the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. So we're so excited about that. And I want to make something very, very clear. The reason that we celebrate that is nothing to do with numbers. Numbers is not the most important thing. It's because God loves people. Amen? And that's why numbers matter, because those numbers represent people that represent hearts. And that is our mission. And so we're going to celebrate what matters. That's what healthy churches do. And so we're going to celebrate that, that our mission as a church, whether you've been here a hundred times or this is your first time, our mission as a church is to reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. And that world includes Des Moines. That world includes uh, the, the hundreds of you that are worshiping online with us right now, not just in the metro area, but across the state and across the country. We love connecting people with the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. And here's, here's the greatest news. I don't know if you notice we kept the giant gift that we use for our Christmas services uh, open. Jesus is still there because we're talking about the Magi today, so he's still uh, young. The baby's still in the manger, but I tell you what, that gift is open, and now we get to step into it, and now we get to live into that in a brand new year. The best is yet to come, Hope Elam. We're just getting started, so we're excited for this new year. And here's the awesome thing about this morning. I was like, I don't know, it's New Year's Day, you know, Maybe you stayed out late last night, you know, maybe you're, you know, focusing on football today or whatever. We have a full house in the house of God on January 1st, so praise God for that. Um, here's, the, here's the cool thing about doing the one combined service uh, today at 10 o'clock. Some of you are, are 9 o'clockers. And some of you are 11 o'clock, or some of you are Wednesday, 6.30ers, I think that's the way of saying that, and you're all here this morning. It was fun, like, watching some of you interact and, and all of that, and you may not know each other. So turn to the people around you. You might have to turn around and say, hey, Happy New Year. Tell them that right now. Turn to the people around you. Happy New Year. That's right. Just so you know. These people are a part of your church, too. They, they, they go to the same church that you do. That's, that's pretty awesome. So, you know, greet a few extra people this morning. Say hi to somebody new uh, at brunch. We have brunch right after the service today that will be all ready for you, and we're really excited about that. Deep inside, we know that the new year doesn't have the power. The, the turn of the calendar 
doesn't have the power to change our circumstances. It doesn't, alone doesn't have the power to change our, our habits or our relationships or those types of things. But I don't know about you, what I do love about this type of time of year is the, the hope that it brings, the energy, the excitement, the anticipation that it brings. I mean, there's just a, a, a vibe. It's, the, it's a spirit. You might know, what, what is that? I don't know what it is about hope, ELS. Something to do with the spirit is in this place today. There's an excitement, there's an energy for the new year, but we know that the turn of a calendar doesn't have the power alone to bring transformation. I don't know what you're putting your hope in for change and transformation in 2023, but I'm putting my hope in the one that is bringing that change and bringing that transformation, and that is a risen Savior this morning. Amen? That's where I'm putting my hope this morning. He's the one that has the power to do that. In fact, God reminds us of what he's up to. He's in the business of changed lives. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. Wherever you're at, online or in the room, let's read this together this morning. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Everybody say, new thing. God is up to a new thing. And I don't, I don't know if you uh, do New Year's resolutions or not. Just a show of hands. How many of you are setting goals for the New Year? Have some resolutions? It's okay. It's a good thing to do. Absolutely. Quite a few of you do that. Some of you don't. That's okay. But here's the thing. What I'm, what I'm excited about this time of year is that God, we are reminded that God is working behind the scenes. And we don't want to set goals and, and resolutions and do new things and, and, and try to improve ourselves simply for vanity's sake. We want to do it for God's sake. He is a God of transformation. And, and regardless of whether you set goals or resolutions or not, every single one of us has an image or a picture of what we want to become, of what we want our lives to look like a month from now or a year from now. It's like we have a here and we have a there. This is who we are today, and all of us have a picture of the man or woman that we want to be in the future. The question I want to pose for you this morning is, how are you going to get there? What are you putting your hope in for 2023? How are you going to get from where you are to where you want to go? And and it turns out the world has plenty of answers. Try harder. Do a little bit better. Probably there's an app for that. (laughs) Whatever you want to be, whatever you want to become, just download the app and follow these seven steps or buy this book and these tips or techniques and and, and all of that. And that's all well and good. It just can't satisfy your soul. Just thinking about it this week in the world, the day and age that we live in, our world is flooded with information, but we are starving for wisdom. Just sit on that one for a second. Where are you going to find, our world is starving for timeless truth. We are flooded with information. You can get any piece of information in the entire world at your fingertips, in your pocket, or on your phone right now. You have that. Where are you going to find wisdom? Because if, we, if information alone could do it, if we could consume our way to the life that we desire, we would have done it by now. Amen? The trick is, how do we get from here to there? It's not just consuming more information this year. It's not self-help. It's not self-betterment. It's tapping into something that's wiser and truer and deeper than any of us, and that is the power of God's word. Amen? It's God's wisdom. And today we're not just going to tap into God's wisdom in the Bible, but for some pretty wise men that we discover in the Bible as well. So if you have your Bible, which we encourage you to do, especially this year, your Bible app, turn to Matthew chapter 2 that Shantice read for us 
awesome this morning. Matthew chapter 2 this morning. And what I love about this story is that often the, the wise men or the magi get overlooked. We focus on Mary and Joseph and rightly so and the shepherds. But I tell you what, when I was growing up and we did the kids Christmas program at our church, every little boy at my church growing up wanted to be one of the wise men. And here's why. You get to wear a bathrobe and a Burger King crown. So that, I mean, that's, that's it. That's what you're vying for, okay? So often the Magi get overlooked. But here's what I love about the story of the Magi in Matthew chapter 2. Is they give us a roadmap, a picture of how to live with wisdom as we enter a brand new year. How to get from where we are to where we want to be. And the Magi teach us about three things. Everybody say purpose. Everybody say priorities. Everybody say posture. I'm not talking about your posture right now. I'm talking about the posture of your heart. The wise men show us these three things. First of all in the story, purpose. Now this might be just kind of a a Captain Obvious thing here, but if you don't know your destination, you're not going to get there. What is your purpose in 2023? What is your true north? What is your purpose? What are you, what are you shooting for? Because a lot of times we set goals and resolutions and we have this enthusiasm. All of it's centered around the what of our lives. Here are all the, the what's that I'm going to do. What's the why behind it? Why do you do what you do? Is it, is it your image? Is it keeping up with the next family that you compare yourself to on Instagram? Is it what you think you should be doing and the latest hip trend or fad or tip or technique? What is your why? Well, according to the story, Matthew chapter 2, that's exactly what these magi have. Let's look at verse 1. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it arose. Now, don't miss this part. And we have come to worship him. In other words, there was a driving force to their journey. We have come to worship him. Not look at him. Not come and say, oh, what a cute baby. That's awesome. Back to our normal lives. Not just to admire. Some of us get to, I just admire Jesus. He's a good, good moral teacher. That's not what he asked of you. The Magi said, we have come to worship him. From all we know that these Magi were royal, they were probably wealthy, they were doing fine in life. And some of you are here this morning, you're saying, I'm good. I got a pretty good life. I got a pretty good job. I got a family. I got a house. I got a car. I'm doing just fine. And as we know it, the Magi were probably doing just fine as well. They were doing fine. But that is a dangerous four-letter word. Because if you're full on yourself, there's no room for God. So here's, here's the Magi, and yet something inside of them, when they saw this star, and they obviously knew their Bible, they knew the Old Testament prophecy that when that star of David shone, that they would need to go there, there was something inside of them that said, as much as I'm full on the things of this world, there's something greater that I want to be a part of. I had a mentor once tell me this, if your purpose is not bigger than you, you need a new purpose. So if the number one goal of your life in 2023 is, and and look at all your goals, if there's a common theme that every single one of them is about you, you might need to reevaluate that list. What resolution, what goal are you going to set this year that is going to last beyond you? What are you going to spend your time on in 2023 that's going to matter when you are gone? See, a lot of us spend a lot of time in prayer telling God what our goals are and what our priorities are. When we should be asking him. What if you pause later today 
just got alone with God in a quiet place in your house, and if you have kids, it might be in your car, wherever you need to go (laughs) to get quiet, and that's really, really important, and say, God, what do you want to do in and through me in 2023? And, and just come at it with a posture of openness and surrender. God, what, what, what purpose do you have for me? I don't know about you, but our life can get busy. It can get full. If any of you have young kids, you understand that. Sometimes your life just feels like a full-time Uber driver, and you're just bouncing around, and life can get full. I don't want to get so full with a busy schedule and my priorities and my list and shuttling the kids around and all the different hobbies and, and social engagements that everybody else is going to on Facebook, and I got to be here, and I got, I got fear of missing out, and I got to be a part of all this, and I'm going to be right back here at the end of 2023, and I don't want the God of the universe to look me in the eyes and say, brilliant performance, but you missed the point. How do you not miss the point this year? You ask the one who created you. What should my focus, what should my purpose be in 2023? He just comes right out and says it. The book of James, I love it. Let's read this together. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. God, what should I be spending my time on? What what do you want us to invest in? How should I spend my money? What should our marriage priorities be? God, what do you want me to focus on at work this year? Have you asked him? I will tell you this, beyond anything that you set out to do this year, I can tell you the main way that he is going to answer that prayer is that our number one focus is becoming a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. It's pointing you to Jesus. This may sound like a scandalous statement, but God's number one desire for you in 2023 is not to be a great mom. To be a great parent. I'm going to be an awesome spouse. I'm going to be a hardworking coworker or boss or leader or athlete or small group member or family member or friend. That's what I'm after. God's number one desire for you in 2023 is to be a full-time, all-in, sold-out, radical follower of Jesus Christ. Amen? And, that, and to, let, to let that identity then infiltrate every other area of your life. You want to be a great parent this year? Get connected to Jesus Christ every single day. You want to be a great spouse? You want to be a great employee? You want to be a great leader? You want to be a great boss? Let that identity pour into every single other identity. And once you find your purpose, my purpose this year is to look more and more like Jesus, to fall in love with him, then all of a sudden that impacts our priorities. Everybody say priorities. So back to these magi. If you think about it, they had plenty of other things that they could be doing. They are astrologers. They look at stars for a living. So they've looked at hundreds and thousands of stars, and yet this one took priority over anything else in their life. Historians will say this trip was anywhere from, I don't know, three weeks to two months by camel across the desert to get to Bethlehem, to get to the Holy Land. They've studied thousands of stars. But something about this shifted their schedules. And even when they arrived in the story, read that that King Herod is, is evil and he wants to destroy Jesus. Obviously, this king of kings, this Messiah, is a threat to his kingdom. And so he feels threatened by Jesus. And so he tries to use the wise men to be his spies. But what I love about these magi is they know We haven't come to be a part of some worldly plot. We've come to worship him. Because when when your purpose is clear, all of a sudden your priorities fall into line. 
See, we don't get clear about the why behind our what, and then we have a hard time managing our schedules and our priorities and our to-do list because we're just tossed to and fro by the wind. The wise men had come to worship and they're like, nope, our allegiance is to him. It's not to some earthly king. It's not to Herod. They went and worshiped him. They kept their eyes on what matters. Book of Hebrews puts it this way. Let us run the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion that we just sang about this morning, who initiates and perfects our faith. Where are your eyes as you start a new year? Where is your focus? What are you focused on? If you think about making things a priority in your life, think about any great athlete. Think about any great musician. Think about any, anybody that's skilled in their profession or their trade. They, don't, they didn't get to where they got to by some sort of haphazard, halfway, lazy lifestyle, right? I think about the Olympians that we watch, you know, every other year, winter, summer Olympics, right? If, if I'm training for the Olympics, I probably can't lay on the couch and veg on Netflix and eat Cheetos all day, right? Even though I want to do that, my purpose determines my priorities, Right? And in every other area of life, we see this. We see men and women dedicated to this. These Olympic athletes, they reorient, not their spiritual life is over here. They reorient every aspect of their life. Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all of it is oriented towards that goal of being a world-class athlete. Or a performer, or a musician, or whatever that is that you want to be great at. What would it look like to reorient your life around Jesus. The question is, is faith a hobby or an identity for you? A hobby says, I'll get around to it if I have time. I'll make time for it. Maybe it's important. I'll bump it up the list a little bit. An identity says, this is who I am no matter where I go and what I do. I don't come to worship on Sunday and then take off that child of God hat when I go to work on Monday morning. Or when I'm with my family, because I don't want to offend anybody in my family, and so I just won't talk about any of that stuff. And identity says that I'm a child of God, I'm a full-time, all-in follower of Jesus, no matter where I am. That determines my priorities. And so Jesus is the one that sets our priorities. And so ultimately, the invitation as we start a new year is to surrender your agenda, which I know is a scary thing to do for those of you like me that love to control everything in our lives, especially when we set our resolutions and our goals. But I will tell you this. You won't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. You don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. And say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life because all of us want Jesus to be our Savior, but very few of us actually want Jesus to be our Lord. Who's your boss? (laughs) Who calls the shots for you? Who's the director of your life? Who's the one that gets to determine how you spend your money and and, and what your marriage is like and how you raise your kids and, and how you act at your job and what your priorities are? There's two ways to live life. Either, God, I know what's best, or you're the one that created me, and so I'm surrendering to you at the start of a new year. This is how the Magi came to Jesus. If you go to the next slide, some of you may not be familiar with this, but if you've been to the Holy Land, if you've been to, to Bethlehem, this is the Church of the Nativity. So this is the place that is maybe not perfectly accurate, but to me that's not 
the biggest deal in the world. It's, it's in the ballpark. It's in the vicinity. But this is where theologians and historians believe was the cave. Yes, the cave where Jesus was born. Not a beautifully wrapped gift. Not a, a, a pristine barn. A cave. And so they built this church nativity and you enter through this door which is called the door of humility. In order to even get to the place where they believe that. And you come in here and there's this little area right here that sits on top of where the birthplace of Jesus is believed to be. There's the Star of David right there. And what you do is there's a little opening and you can reach your hand down and touch the rock that they believe is where Mary gave birth to Jesus. Pretty cool. Pretty awesome stuff. But here's what I want you to realize. To get into this church, this site, you have to go through the door of humility to touch the area, to approach, to experience the presence of Jesus, you have to get down on your knees in a posture of surrender. In a posture of surrender. And that's exactly what the wise men did as well. Look at verse 11. They entered the house and they saw the child with his mother. We don't know whether it was the next day, a couple weeks, a couple months. Historians disagree on that. Ultimately what matters is they entered the house, they saw Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. These royal kings from the east that had everything set aside any amount of pride that might have been left in them. And they teach us and they show us the only way to approach Jesus is in humility. Is on our knees. And to admit, I can't do life without you. I'm not okay Unless you are with me, it's shifting my posture. And I will tell you this, some of us are going to miss out on the power of Jesus in our lives because we're not willing to set aside our pride. If you are full on yourself, there is no room. I love the posture of John the Baptist, right, when he's preparing for Jesus to come. More of you, Jesus, and less of me. You need a motto, you need a mantra for 2023. It's that we're coming with this sense of posture. Do you have a teachable heart? Or are you coming even to worship this morning, to, to be a part of this church? Are you coming kind of with a, a been there, done that, bought the t-shirt kind of mindset? I've come to worship my whole life. I've led Bible studies, I've led small groups, I've read the Bible before, been there, done that. Oh, you're going to miss it. There's always more with God. Are you coming in humility? Pride is exhausting. <laughs> Experiencing Jesus brings joy. Pride is exhausting. I've got it. The, the I've arrived life is exhausting. The joy of Jesus fills us with energy and passion and a desire to grow. How do you find your purpose? How do you set your priorities? You come with a posture of humility. And it starts right here. Let's see if we remember from Christmas. It starts right here, right now, in God's Word. If you got your Bible, hold it up right now. Let's see if you got your Bible. Or hold up your phone if you're following along on your phone. There you go. Absolutely. It's like you're at a big football game and everybody's shining their light, right? Could do that. I know you've got it, right? I want to encourage you to bring your Bible to worship every single Wednesday, every single Sunday, because you're going to need it. This is how we find our purpose. This is how we find our priorities, is our new annual theme that we're kicking off today. It's called the Whole Holy 
Bible. It's going to be a year of the Bible at all of our campuses right here at Hope Elam. We're going to preach through it. We're going to teach through it. We're going to read through it. There's multiple reading plans that you can go go through. There's actually a slacker track uh, that you may want to jump on if you want to do a little bit less. If you want to just do the New Testament. If you're all in and want to do both. I'm just kidding, by the way. Uh, You can do both. It's going to be great. But our desire is to be transformed by the Word of God. We don't want to just read it. We don't want to just be hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word, right? We don't want to look ourselves in the mirror and then turn around and immediately forget what we look like, okay? We want to build our house on the rock, as Matthew chapter 7 says. So it's the whole Holy Bible in a year. And our motto, our mantra is this. Actually, go back one slide. There we go. Everybody say read it. Everybody say learn it. Everybody say live it. We don't want to just read it. We want to learn how to read the Bible. We want to understand what God's saying to us. And then most importantly, we want to live it. Wherever you see that QR code, up on the screen, out in the lobby, wherever, that is for you to scan to get engaged. That's going to take you to hopeelam.org backslash Bible. That's where all the resources are. And what you're going to find is this. Now you can go to the next slide. These are a few simple, easy ways right now. If you're going to go home today and you're going to make your New Year's resolution list, this should be at the top. First of all, read it. We want you to find a good Bible. Find a good Bible that you can understand. We use the NLT a lot here in worship. There are free Bibles in the back of the worship center. So you should never say, well, I don't have a Bible. You can take those. As long as you're not going to take them and do something wrong, with, just use them. Give them to friends, okay? Those are free for you to take. Get a good study Bible. Get a good NIV or NLT study Bible that help you understand what you're reading as well. And then we want you to follow the daily reading plan. You can do that online. You can do that on our app. Did you know that we have an app? Just look up Lutheran Church of Hope online in the app store. You can do that right now or in the lobby. As you leave today, the greeters are going to hand you one of those postcards, and that has the Bible reading plan for the entire year. You can have it emailed to you. You can have it texted to you. There's multiple ways to engage with that. So number one, we want to read it. Secondly, we want to learn it. Everybody say learn it. We want to attend weekly worship. We don't want you to miss Because one week is going to build on the next. We're going to preach through the entire New Testament. As the guys shared at the beginning, we're going to do a deeper dive on Wednesday nights. We encourage you to participate as a family. There's going to be weekly family devotions for you to do. So it's not like mom and dad are doing this in big church and then the kids are over here doing this. We're going to be learning similar things. There's family devotions for you to do. And I will tell you this. Do you want to increase the level of passion and excitement for God's word in your kids? Don't tell them to do it. Let them see you do it. Because they can't be what they can't see. Mom, dad, aunt, uncle, grandpa and grandma, adults in your kid's life. And I'm saying like 0 to 18. Okay? Let them see you do it. Do it together as a family. Learn it together. Connect with a small group. Don't do it alone. Christianity is not an individual sport and neither is reading the Bible. Some of the most powerful way that you can read God's word is to do it together as a group. We have men's groups, women's groups, couples groups. There's men's ministry that meets on Saturday, on Thursday. There's all sorts of ways to plug in and read the Bible together. And then last but not least, live it. Everybody say live it. Find a place to serve. There are literally dozens of places to serve. Can I tell you a little helpful tip or technique for Bible study? Do you want to make your small group or your group Bible study come alive, like get lit in the spirit? You want to make your Bible study come alive? Do it. Like, do it. Like, live the Bible. Don't just do Bible study. Be a Bible doing once in a while. And get your group together and serve. Just do it. All the men from our men's ministry are serving here this morning. Go serve somebody. Praise God. Go do something with it, okay? 
You're going to make it come alive, and you're going to come back to your Bible study, your small group the next week, and you're going to tell stories of what God did, and you're going to say, oh man, we're on mission for God, and so we're desperate for his word, and so now we're going to come back. Now it's not just a checklist. It's like, I'm hungry for God's word. I want to be set on fire by God's word, and it's going to propel me to go back out, okay? So we don't want to just be uh, just consuming it. We want to actually go do it. We don't want to just think about it. We want to go do it. Invite a friend. Invite a friend. What we're going to do in our approach this year is we're not going to go over your heads. We're just going to come right here and we're going to say this is for all people. And you can just step into it no matter where you are. If you're like, yeah, I got a lot of guilt, Pastor John, because I can't remember the last time I opened my Bible. That's okay. This is a really good time to start. This is like positive peer pressure because we're all going to do it together. We're all going to do it together. All ages, all in for all of the year. We want to encourage you to do that. Now, you would think, okay, this is going to be great. This is going to be easy. That we can just jump in and, 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 and do this together. Well, the problem is, is that a lot of us have a Bible. <laughs> we just don't use it. Okay? There was a study, some research done by Lifeway Research this last year, and they found this. Nine out of ten. 93% of Americans say they own a Bible. Right? You probably have multiple Bibles at your house. I think the average was four per household, okay? But only six in 10 Americans say they read the Bible on occasion, whatever that means, okay? Two out of 10 Americans say that they read the Bible weekly, not even daily, but weekly. One out of four, 25% of American Christians. So these are people that say, I follow Jesus. I profess and put my faith in Jesus Christ. I worship regularly, Okay, say that they go to the Bible to find direction and purpose for their lives. If you're hurting, if you're struggling, if you're filled with joy, anticipation, celebration, loneliness, loss, grief, anger, frustration, whatever you're experiencing, where do you go? Do you like go within yourself? Do you call a friend? Do you go online? Do you take a survey, figure out what you're supposed to do? What if you went to the one that created you? that knows you better than anybody else. It is one thing to know the word of God. It is another thing to know the God of the word. We want you to know God. We want you to experience him this year through the Bible. We don't want it to stop with merely consuming it. Why focus on the Bible? Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It is impossible to grow as a follower of Jesus. It is impossible to be a healthy member of a local church and not read the Bible. Believe it or not, you hear people say things like this. And maybe you've thought this before. I'm just going to say it. You know, I really, really love church. And I love consuming and listening to the sermons and the worship and all of that's great. But reading the Bible isn't just, it's not really my thing. For a follower of Jesus to say that reading the Bible is just not my thing... That'd be like me saying, hey, I don't know about you guys. Anybody not really like brushing their teeth? I tried it once. I just didn't really get into it. So it's not really my thing. I think I'm just going to have that be somebody else. No, we would never say that, right? This is what we do. This is our daily bread. We need this every single day. And so even if we're not living this way necessarily as Americans, it's no wonder that if we're not going to God's word regularly, no wonder we feel lost and confused, and lack direction, and feel overwhelmed. So I want to give you three final reasons as we close today. Why should you read the Bible? Number one, it's the word 
of God. Let's read this together from 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's read it together. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. There is a difference between this book and every other book. Do you know that the Bible continues to be by far, by a mile, the highest selling book of all time? It's because it's the word of God. Even other books, great Christian books that are written by other authors are not the word of God. The difference is those are books that are written by humans about God. God's word is the divinely inspired words of God, inspired through human authors to you. This is God's word to you. The book of Hebrews puts it this way. The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. Think about that. God's word has the ability to breathe into your soul. No offense, but Harry Potter can't do that. Whatever you're reading, the latest bestseller on Amazon can't do that. You encountering God on a live and active word. Reason number two to know the story. Number one, it's God's word. Number two, you'll learn to hear God's voice. I just want you to think about this. If you had the opportunity to hear from the wisest, most knowledgeable, most loving, caring, kind being in the world at every moment of every day, would you take them up on it? The question is not, is God speaking? The question is, are you listening? And maybe our difficulty in hearing from God is directly related to the amount of noise and clutter in our lives. Read the Bible. Listen to the Bible. Meditate on the Bible. I can't tell you how often I hear people say, and maybe you've thought this, John, I just want to know what God wants me to do with my life. How do I know what my purpose is? How do I know my why? How, how do I get that like the Magi had? I want to know what job God wants me to take. I want to know God's will for my life. Well, I will tell you this. It's going to be really hard to hear what God's saying to us now if you haven't taken the time to hear what God said then. And it's not just some history book. It's God's living and active word. He's speaking this to you now. When you read the Bible, you get familiar with the character of God and his voice. Think about the people that you know the best. If my wife were to call me right now, on my phone, and I answered, hey, good morning. And what if she said, this is Tiffany, this is your wife. Uh, we've been married for a little over 13 years now. We have two kids. Uh, we live here in Des Moines in a blue house. She doesn't have to go through all of that. Why? Because I can just pick up the phone and say, hey. And she says, hey. And I know it's her because we've spent that time together. Why would it be any different for you and your relationship with God? God says, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. My sheep know me. They know my voice. Do you know the voice of the God that created you? Start by spending time in his word. Last but not least, it's the word of God. You'll learn to hear God's voice. Last reason to read the Bible among many, among many, what we have time for today. It's God's story, but it's also our story. It's your story. Sometimes I think we think that the Bible is some old, irrelevant history book. of Like, what does that have to do with 2023? John, what, what does that have to do with my life and being relevant right here to meet me where I am? And then you start reading the Bible, and it's like, it's full of, like, dysfunctional families, which I know none of us can relate to. It's full of, like, marriage conflict. It's like practical words of wisdom on how to deal with difficult relationships and marriage and 
and, and finances and it's encouragement for when you're down and, and wisdom of how to live life and relationships and when you're hurting and, and when you're grieving. And all of a sudden, it's like it starts to come to life. My favorite thing is when people say, like, John, I actually sat down to read the Bible. And it was actually like it was, it's like God was reading my mail. Like it's exactly what I needed to hear. Almost like it's alive or something. Imagine that, right? It's almost like God is speaking directly to you. And at a certain point, as you spend time with God, you start to realize, wait a minute, I'm not reading the Bible. The Bible's reading me. The Bible's reading me. This is my story. Yes, it's God's story, but through God's story, it's intersecting with my story. And all of a sudden, God's word comes alive. And don't hear us incorrectly this morning. Our goal is not for you to get through a Bible reading program this year. To check off all the boxes to say, I did it. We don't want you to get through the Bible. We want the Bible to get through you. So that you are consumed by Jesus. That you experience him for yourself just as the Magi did that first Christmas. They came with purpose. They knew what their priorities are. And they came with a posture of humility. And it changed everything for them. And that is what we're after as a church in 2023, is we're going to come and we're going to worship God together with this posture of humility and open hearts and open arms to say, we are here to worship you, the King of Kings. And I'm going to lay aside everything else. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to live with purpose. I'm going to live with priority. I'm going to set everything else aside. I'm going to lay aside my pride. I'm going to come. I'm going to kneel before you with a posture of surrender, of humility, so that I can experience everything that God has for me this year. Amen? That's what we're after as a church. I want you to watch this final clip of the Magi coming to experience the Savior that has been born, this royal group of guys that, according to the world standards, they had it all. And maybe you feel like you're fine. Watch what happens when royalty from the world standards encounters the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Take a look. It was on the night that he was betrayed that Jesus gathered with his disciples. And during the meal, he took the bread and he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup. And when he given thanks, he gave it to them saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood. This is my promise to you that I will wash you clean and forgive all of your sins. Do this in remembrance of me. As we prepare to start our new year together, to receive Holy Communion, let's pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us, our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. While you're still standing, I want to encourage those of you that are worshiping online to grab your elements, whatever you have at home at this time, and I'll invite our communion assistants and our ushers forward at this time to their spots. We'll have stations up here in the front as well as stations up in the balcony, so those of you in the balcony can just commune and go right back to your seat. 
If you're here, we ask that you follow the lead of the ushers and come down. You can receive your elements. The top layer is the wafer. The second layer of these kits is the juice. You can receive that here at the altar, or you can bring it back to your seat, whatever you choose, and uh, come experience the grace of God. When you, after you've communed, go back to your spot, and the band's going to lead us in worship as we close to say that as we enter a brand new year, we want the peace and the love and the joy and the strength that only Jesus can give us. Come start your brand new, brand new year the right way. Come experience the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. You may be seated. Come and experience Holy Communion. Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope.elam.org.